Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Enredo. A podcast about raising bilingual children. I do like to read with my mama. This is Monica. And this is Paula. Welcome to Entre Dos. A podcast about raising bilingual children. Welcome, everyone, to our first episode of 2020. This year, we hope to bring you more useful content and resources, not only through our episodes, but also through our blog and social media. So if there's a topic that you would like us to dive into or a person you would like us to interview, please let us know. You can email us at entredospodcast at gmail.com or send us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear your ideas. We're also launching our monthly Entre Dos newsletter in February. Finally, we will share articles, resources, and activities, kind of like what we already do on our Instagram and Facebook group, but in a more organized fashion. Make sure to sign up via our website, which is entredospodcast.com. Now, let's go to the episode. Today's guest is Dr. Jackie Raylier, an assistant professor of literacy education at North Carolina State University and the co-author of a study that looked at the extent to which Spanish reading skills affected reading growth in English. The study was published in July 2019, and it looked at reading ability and growth in Spanish-English bilingual children from kindergarten through fourth grade. The findings were interesting and encouraging for parents like us who may wonder how or if our children's native language skills will help their English. We kicked off our talk by asking Jackie to take us through the study's main findings. So the study was published in this July this year in Journal of Child Development. So my colleague, Dr. Steve Amendem from University of Delaware, and I investigated how Spanish-speaking bilingual children's only Spanish reading competence or abilities related to the development of English reading ability from kindergarten through fourth grade. And we also looked at what is the role of the English oral proficiency in this relation between only Spanish reading and long-term English reading growth over time. For this two particular research questions, we use um, subsample of the existing data um, called Early Childhood Longitudinal Study Kindergarten Cohort. Um, these data were collected from a large scale, nationally represented sample of the U.S. children who entered kindergarten and tracking this cohort of the children through the elementary school years. Um, the significantly predicted not only the level of the English reading ability in the kindergarten, but also growth rates of the English reading across the kindergarten through fourth grade. So this means the Spanish-speaking bilingual children who came to kindergarten with the strong ability to read in their native language had um, the relatively higher English reading achievement score as compared to children who had relatively lower reading ability levels in Spanish when they entered kindergarten. And in addition to this concurrent relation, we also found the substantial longitudinal association, which is the children with initial, initial, initially higher Spanish reading ability uh, made faster growth of, of English reading than their counterparts over time. The study's results supported the notion that second language reading ability depends on first language literacy confidence. 
Jackie explained that bilingual children draw upon their previous literacy experience and resources when learning a new language and new literacy skills. The children develop the the understanding of how to manipulate individual sounds in spoken words, and then also develop the sensitivity to structural language features. So once children gain this type of a metalinguistic awareness and insights in their first language, they can utilize this general mapping principle in learning a new language. And this cross-language transfer is not just a one-time thing that happens at a specific time point, but we found that it had a longer impact for four or five years than we normally found from previous studies. The study also looked at the role that oral proficiency in English played in reading ability. The results weren't what one may expect. Researchers found that children with initially strong Spanish reading ability who were fully proficient in English achieved a higher English reading score than children with limited English proficiency in kindergarten. Yet, children who had a higher Spanish reading ability and were less proficient in speaking English quickly caught up with their counterparts in a year and a half. So the most fascinating finding was that even if a bilingual children had limited English proficiency but had a developed um, the strong reading competence in Spanish by the time they entered a kindergarten, they made a substantial growth in English reading throughout the four or five years, even more than those children who were more proficient in speaking English but less proficient in reading in Spanish. So these compelling results um, they're telling us that the bilingual children's native the language reading ability really matters in a second language reading development. Um, even more than their second language or proficiency. Bilingual children, at least Spanish-English bilingual children, apply some of the knowledge they develop in their native language, like cognitive relationships or mapping sounds, to learning to read a new language. Jackie told us that this often leaves teachers who assess bilingual children scratching their heads. So many teachers that I've been in the interact um, the professional development, they scratch their heads. Um, when they see Spanish-speaking bilingual students who are fully proficient in speaking English but still struggle with uh, the reading in English. So these children might have not yet developed the fundamental, the first language, the linguistic and literacy knowledge they can draw upon in learning to new, um, to read a new language. So we can't ignore uh, the bilingual children's native language and their literacy skills. Uh, the teachers and parents should understand the, the importance of the young children's the first language literacy development to, to support them um, to develop their second language literacy and become biliterate. What Jackie described is something that we've seen at home with our daughters. My daughter goes to an all-English school and Paula's goes to a dual-language school. But in both cases, they seem to have easily picked up reading skills in English. Of course, our experiences are anecdotal, but it made these findings very interesting. It also made us curious about the mechanics of learning to read. So we asked Jackie to break it down for us. Here she is again. So in the learn to read process, regardless of the language in any different writing systems, the children learn how to decode graphic input, like words and characters into spoken words to get the meaning out of uh, the words and characters. So this knowledge of how the graphic units connect with a spoken, a spoken unit um, is very fundamental mechanism in reading acquisition. But 
you know, of course, there is more to reading than knowledge of a letter sound relationship. The children need to gain some sort of the, the reading fluency and automaticity from lots of uh, practice and experience at home and school. And then also develop some the deep background knowledge and vocabulary knowledge so that they understand the words and sen- uh, the sentences they read. But for bilingual children, this complexity of reading is significantly increase, especially in second language, uh, the reading, because this reading process involves more than one language. Most bilingual children develop basic interpersonal communication skills through everyday and social face-to-face interaction in two to three years. But language and literacy skills, particularly what is known as cognitive academic language proficiency, may take at least five to eight years to develop in a second language. So this cognitive academic language proficiency is sort of a school-related literacy abilities and it's very abstract and cognitively demanding language proficiency. And, and some researchers show that it may take the children with a very little knowledge or very little support in native language, it might take a even more than five years. It might take at least seven years to develop this cognitive academic language proficiency in second language. So when we think about bilingual children's second language or English literacy development, their first language background um, should be taken into account to better understand their challenges or, um, or advantages and how to support them to become an independent reader. Listeners of this show know that we encourage reading to your children every chance we get. We talked to Jackie about the positive effects that shared reading with a parent or caretaker in the native language can have on literacy. Shared reading helps children build vocabulary, and as they grow older and come across conceptually complex words that are central to their reading comprehension, vocabulary knowledge becomes really important. For Spanish-speaking students learning English vocabulary, the fact that both languages share cognates, aka words with common origins, and have similar orthographic features helps tremendously. But developing the ability to make connections between the languages takes work at home. But the previous study shows that um, the bilingual Hispanic children typically achieved a lower scores on academic vocabulary assessment compared to monolingual children. So one of the reasons that researchers have found was that most of the bilingual Hispanic children have a limited range of the words in Spanish that are specifically related to you know, daily activities or household activities like eating, cooking, or the buying something at the grocery stores. So yeah, for, for Spanish-speaking bilingual children, parents, it's very important to read storybooks and also share a reading with the children in their native language um, and ha- have a more opportunity to expose a high-quality vocabulary through books. But also, uh, it's really important to know that a cross-language transfer that I've been mentioning, um, that doesn't happen automatically. When parents or teachers read with the children, they should help the children develop them the sort of ability to recognize cognates in text. So rather than simply reading aloud, they should explicitly draw their attention to the cognate patterns or characterizing these patterns and and making use of the cognates during you know share reading together. So this practice really helped bilingual students um, develop some strategic uh, strategic skills. 
um, they can apply to learning English vocabulary and also develop morphological and metalinguistic awareness for independent vocabulary learning in both languages. We've talked before about ways to start conversations with kids so we can engage them in a more sophisticated conversation in the target language and also about the importance of informational books to expose them to concepts like science and math. So Jackie's advice to talk more to children about daily activities and what we read and helping them see patterns between their two languages resonated with us. She had other valuable advice for parents of bilingual children that she admits may take a little bit of work. But by carving out some time at the dinner table or in the car after school pickup, we can help our children develop vocabulary and cross-language transfer abilities. The development of the meta-linguistic awareness, that's a really good benefit, especially bilingual children. So the meta-linguistic awareness is some sort of the, the ability to look at the language as a thing. You know, the children think about the language as a the system or the process. So if you, if you help the students develop the meta-linguistic awareness, that that really happened, the cross-linguistic transfer really happened positively. So when parents do shared reading or or just you just go pop into the restaurant and read a sign or a menu at the restaurant, they can make an explicit um, kind of salient aspects of the linguistic concept. For example, you know, you guys can discuss the the uh, the logic behind understanding words that have multiple meanings and then also make um, kind of inference out of it and then have a chat about it and then also grab some um, the how compound words or multi-syllabic words convey meaning and and then can analyze them, them morphologically with the children so the parents can do this by thinking aloud or modeling some sort of the problem solving strategies and then also pointing out how any detail of their language works so the in a daily basis the conversation, maybe you can kind of add this kind of portion in the, the conversation. Then this can promote children's consciousness about all aspects of the language in the reading and spelling or writing. So I think the parents need to ask students, explain their reasoning, ask a question and why you think that. And it's not a really bad idea, but always encourage to think about the, the reasoning, why they think that way, and then how about in what is a different way to think about? So, and then also give them a good, good feedback. So this type of a practice, practice takes a time, but every day, even for a few minutes, I think it would make a huge difference. Thank you to Dr. Jackie Raylier for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Let's keep it going on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Entre Dos Podcast. And don't forget to send us your topic ideas and sign up for our newsletter through our website at entredospodcast.com. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos.
Warning, do not listen while hungry. Hi, my name is Stephanie Barajas, host of All Rice, No Beans, a podcast all about restaurants and the people behind some of your favorite spots to eat, where we talk about how they started, all the ups and downs, and my favorite part, the food and drinks. Ooh, and let's not forget about the desserts. So subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow me on all social media because I have the pictures of all the food. And if you want to be on my podcast and you're a restaurant owner or in the business, email me at allricenobeanspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, you were warned, don't listen while hungry.